The views and opinions expressed in this program are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of any entities they represent. This program is intended for educational purposes. आप सुन रहे हैं रेडियो अजीम प्रेमजी यूनिवर्सिटी There he goes again. That's huge. That's on the roof. यूनिवर्सिटी Radio Azim Premji University proudly welcomes you to our show. Well caught with Giri and Raghu. We are cricket nerds, Giri and I, and we ended up writing two books so far. One was Meduket Tales from Trumper to Tendulkar, and the second one was Mumbai to Durban, India's Greatest Tests. As a part of this show, we would like to share some of what we know about the game, stories. legends and the experiences that make this game what it is in this episode like all good stories we will begin with a few origins how cricket came to be the game in pre independent india the way the game evolved and a look at early cricket in a few places around the world like england australia india west indies and south africa so fasten your seat belts and let's begin the ball reached chirigong at one end and cox's bazaar at the other and there's still not be enough it's all not a man you want to drop oh brilliantly caught absolutely episode 1 separate gates separate dressing rooms so ragu is uh, 77 and i'm 67 and we've been following cricket like mad for the past 60 years abhi samay baad chauka aaya boundary line ke kareeb raghu saw his first cricket match in 1955 i saw my first cricket match in 1964 well i got into cricket uh, very early from the age of 8 or 9 it was rather funny the person who talked to me about cricket and interested me in cricket was not my father or any of the male members it was my mother I I learned the English alphabet spelling Umrigar and Hazare and Mankad. My mother scored for BUCC, a Bangalore League club, hundred years ago. Her father used to play for BUCC, and my mother knew all the rules of cricket. Family living opposite us was a family where the elder son was a very good South Zone schoolboy's off spinner, and uh, he took to me somehow. For the first two years of my cricket, I learnt underarm tennis ball cricket with him, and he didn't teach me to time pass. He was serious about it, so he would draw semi-circle chalk line in front of the bat and say, "Look, if you if a ball I throw underarm to you falls within that circle, you must come forward and meet." And then he said, "If it falls on the other side, you better go back and play." And uh, he said, "Your bat must come straight." And all th- all this to a seven-year-old boy. 
Um, so I learned my cricket pretty seriously. Um, the fact is that while I was very interested in cricket um, and tried to learn it as much, I probably didn't have the kind of talent that Raghunath has. Uh, one of uh, Madras's best schoolboy cricketers for his period. I went to a neighborhood school as a very little kid. So at 10, I went into this big school. And since I was a left-hander, from 11 itself in class matches, etc., I was a prominent figure, at least. I was considered very stylish and a left-hander and all that. Third form, the school arranged coaching. So from the Tamil Nadu or Madras Cricket Association, coaches came. People like Ram Singh. So Ram Singh was the father of Kripal Singh, Satwandar Singh and all. And he played for Tamil Nadu and maybe just about represented India. He was a left-arm all-rounder. I was adjudged the most promising schoolboy cricketer in Tamil Nadu. When I first started playing with Raghu, he had quit first division cricket. And even then, when I was playing with him, I could make out the sheer class of his batting. Because this was when I was nearing 50. No, no, no. No, he's exaggerating. Wait. He was not yet 40. I'll tell you, he was precisely 38 when he, when I and he played cricket together first. What's interesting is, not the amount of cricket we've played, but the kind of interest we've had in this game to follow it as it happened across the world. You will get a sense of how we've gone about our work. Because as we argue, discuss and interrupt and talk about cricket through its various aspects, hopefully you'll get a sense of how we must have fought and discussed and come together to write our books. This game called cricket had its origin in quiet places and lives on in equally quiet places, deep in the hearts of those who love it. So England started this game. It started earlier with something like, you know, croquet or something like that in the 16th, 17th century and all. It was late in the 18th century, no, 19th century, around 1830 to 1850 when cricket was formalized as it is seen today. Eleven aside, you know. The bats were, in those days, the bats were plain wooden. It wasn't, uh, you know, uh, reinforced. It didn't have a splice like this. It was a very crude kind of an implement. And the ball was also cork and various things. The leather ball with the seam, as it is seen now, and the bats at their seam now, came from, eight, I mean, kind of developed from 1850 onwards. In those days, cricket was a long format game played over three to five days and it was called test cricket. Cricket was played between England and Australia. England had a great system of county cricket. There were 12 counties even when it started. Now there are about 18 or 19. Durham and all have become counties. So there was county cricket and in Australia similarly, they had New South Wales, Victoria, uh, you know, uh, South Australia, Western Australia, all these five teams. They started, so around 1877 or so, they started playing test cricket. You must remember that when they played test cricket, an Australian came, team came to England or an English team went to Australia. Voyage was by ship. 
it took about one and a half two months so about 18 people will set off and come back after maybe three months or four months and these are the two teams which first played and then the third team to start playing was south africa the south african team was only whites who were in johannesburg cape town all the south african cities so england started this game and then because they were our rulers they had come here and started you know ruling this country they kind of at least in their major cantonments they started playing the game indians started watching this game the princely states especially you know holkar baroda patiala uh, hyderabad all these states had enough money for the royalty there to send their children across to oxford cambridge and things like that so they went to study in england and some of them picked up the game and became extremely good at it so though cricket started with big names like grace and hayward and barnes etc in england soon they started talking about ranjit singhji and dulip singhji ranjit singh wizard of the willow the cricketer who has gone down in the annals of cricket as a master batsman a wizard whose every stroke was a bewitching surprise ranjit singhji at the turn of the century in 1901 and all he was studying in england those days when princes went across they studied at eton or harrow school and then they went to oxford or cambridge so ranjit singhji was so good playing for sussex that england picked him for a test against australia and he scored a century on debut k s ranjit singhji he was from gujarat he was from saurashtra and his princely state was called navanagar at the close of his cricketing career he had scored 72 centuries and could boast of a magnificent average of 45 runs per innings no wonder that the english refer to him as run get singhji ranjit singhji or run get singhji was followed by his nephew dulip singhji who played test cricket for england between the wars around 28 29 he also scored a century on debut playing for england ranjit singhji played a lot of county cricket and did extraordinarily well it the, the the test matches were infrequent that also you should see so this created an interest in india you know we, we had colonial rulers so the news would come of test matches between england and australia and when they said an indian prince has scored 100 that kind of thing created a lot of interest here and the englishman thought hey we'll encourage these natives to play this game but this is sad the englishman also were very political and they wanted to keep us not very united we'll start a tournament hindus is one team mohammedans is another team parsis is the third team because a lot of parsis played cricket from bombay and europeans was the fourth team so four teams between first and second world war four teams quadrangular most of it matches happening in bombay that is where first people like devdar from pune and ck naidu from uh, andhra pradesh who played in the uh, in bombay all these people were stars and then they introduced another team to make it the pentangular 
and that team was called the rest where christians and sikhs and all could play so that was pentangular so we played quadrangular and pentangular so the first test as a indian team which we played was well before we got our independence in 1932 at lords For the first time in the history of cricket, all India is meeting England in a test match at Lords. And we were undivided, remember. So, in the undivided India team, we had burly Punjabis who made up the pace attack. They were all playing for India. So, we had a Mahamad Nisar. Mahamad Nisar opens the bowling to Sutcliffe. And an Amar Singh. Amar Singh has scored his 50. Incidentally, the top score for his side during this match. And in that test against England, they rattled the English side by taking three or four early wickets. However, we lost the match. India are all out for the total of 187. England win by 158 runs. That was the interesting part. So that's how cricket started. But the Englishmen played their own games by this pentangular and quadrangular and all that kind of thing. And since they had a European side, they started seriously sending good coaches from England to India to... nurture the game and teach the technicalities to our people so people had started moving across for both studies and for other reasons to europe largely england because we had been you know under english rule for more than 150 years by then western india had the maximum interest in cricket bombay pune baroda coming up on the other side of the break fantastic cricketer called balu palwankar they had separate dressing rooms and separate gates for even entering the field and going back and this persisted all along let us say there are 20 mangoes i know it's 20 because i'm counting in base 10 but he was counting in base 9 I would say I have two two mangoes. What does that mean? I have two into nine plus two mangoes. I have two two mangoes. But if you are an Indian, uh, that's how you say two in base ten. I have two two mangoes. <laughs> <laughs> It's a math, math, math world with Divakaran and Shraddha. Out now, only on Radio Azim Premji University. but i'll now come back to the indian cricket team's uh, uh, story and connect with what ragu said about quadrangular and pentagonal because there is some amount of indian history and politics and something we can be happy about and proud about during those days it was the maharaja of patiala bupender singh i think who took the team to england in 1911 but the most significant part of it for us in history is that the team had a fantastic cricketer called balu palwankar Balu Palwankar happened to be a Dalit. He had a phenomenal uh, performance during that time. We've said it ourselves in our book called Midwicket Tales that the quadrangular and pentangular was a very pernicious attempt by the uh, 
Britishers to to divide Indians. You are using the Indians' love of cricket, pulling them to the ground, and yet making them play against each other literally. Divisive. Divisive. However, luckily two things happened. One, with a lot of effort, Ranji Trophy was started in 1934. Second. After Gandhi came back from South Africa and we began our concerted effort with his leadership, he was very, very clear at every point of time that we must not have any kind of inequality, as you know. Therefore, he told the Hindu team when the Hindu team was in some dilemma whether we should play such a tournament, he told the Hindu team not to play the tournament. And there was an year when the Hindu team refused to play the tournament. viewership went down viewership in the sense people coming to the ground went down and it was a very strong blow to that kind of tournament so gandhi ji had a role the hindu team had a role and the hindu team was conscious about it and they refused to play that team interestingly the hindus also had a problem in the sense that although the palwankar brothers were the best three cricketers in the team they did not make them a captain one of them a captain because they were dalit they were dalits In fact, Balu Palwankar on that tour of 1911 finished with over a hundred wickets. But even at his peak, because of his caste, Balu was never made captain. Lesser players from the upper caste were made captain. In 1920, in fact, he also found himself out of the Hindu team. His brothers Vital and Shivram opted out in protest. Their team lost the first match. The P.J. Hindu Jimkhana management. became aware of the rising tide of public support for the dalit cricketers and reinstated balu and his brothers in what was a momentous decision at that time a couple of years later vital palwankar was made captain in 1923 when the hindus won the tournament that year in one of the finest moments of our cricket history when the hindus won the tournament the dalit captain was jubilantly carried on their shoulders by the other members of the team we went and played our first official test match in 1932 in england players like uh, our uh, pakistan cricketer majid jahangir khan his father was dr jahangir khan he went to pakistan after the partition but he was a member of the 1932 team i think even all the way up to 1947 there were all they were pakistani cricketers and when we toured australia for the first time and played bradman's team a team of ours led by lala amanath Abdul Hafiz Kardar and Amir Ilahi were both in the team and when Pakistan played cricket from 1951 or 52 Kardar was the captain and Amir Ilahi was the spinner in the team playing for Pakistan against India but both of them had played for India You see sometimes when we look at our own trajectory with cricket and the way we played and the social stratification etc we must not forget that england was no great shakes to put it mildly they had teams they had cricketers who were either called gentlemen or professionals players amateurs gentlemen or professionals gentlemen and players amateurs and professionals they had different dressing rooms they had different gates to come in and out of the ground in a cricket scorecard all the amateurs will have mr before their name all the gentlemen will be called mr clarkson mr robertson the others who were professionals they would just have their name 
they will just say fs jackson aj chapman whatever so the scorecard made this difference and as giri was just saying they had separate dressing rooms and separate gates for even entering the field and going back and this persisted all along this gentleman and amateur england's first professional captain was len hutton in 1953 so the best cricketers would be the professionals but the captain would be an amateur because he would have studied in oxford or cambridge and he would be a you know rich man he would be a lord in the whatever so i was astounded in 1962 a madras cricketer called vv kumar who had played a couple of tests he went across to play lancashire league in england and he played league for a couple of seasons then he came back and he told me this story see they would go to play lancashire league for money so he would go there he would stay with some old lady or somebody who let out rooms they were paid per match and it was not much it was just enough they went for the experience first match second match without knowing kumar went through the wrong gate after tea so he was docked that match fees and banned from the next two matches for walking through a wrong gate an indian who had just come and he didn't know this so the game was you know very very largely influenced in england by class and hierarchy west indies for example they also started playing pretty early the earliest hero there would be people like larry constantine and george headley and people like that mm. but remember that even when they had some fantastic uh, cricketers the whites were the people who captain the team it was only in 1960 that frank worrell became the first black west indian captain uh, after jerry alexander yeah maybe after jerry alexander let's listen to the tape the captain i've been the first black captain i believe we were waiting for something like this for a long time to happen it was a great accomplishment for world and for west indies cricket and since then west indies always had a captain to follow gary sobers clive lloyd rohan kanai you name them they all those cricketers but it took that much time and they had their first captain if you remember there is the seminal work on west indian cricket by the marxist historian clr james called beyond a boundary a lot of it there you can read is how the effort it took before frank worrell became the captain and frank worrell was a contemporary almost of um, Richie Beno maybe a few years elder to Richie yeah. Beno elder to Richie Beno but they played probably one of the most memorable series if i can do a back and forth of it i think if you ask many cricketers they will say that the 60 61 memorable west indies australia series in australia in australia half a million australians lined the streets of melbourne to give a ticket tape farewell to frank worrell and his team Let's listen to the West Indian who experienced this. To think that um, you come to play a cricket game, you're leaving, and people who are coming, looking through the windows at the from the offices, and you're in this open air, open open car, and they're waving and waving. It was it was really moving. And the streets lined with people, the windows, people peering out through the windows. You you you, you know, I I was a little shocked. All back of my coat was. was just lipstick and kisses all over and oh man when they stop people just run 
shaking hands and hugging and kissing and oh man when we got back to the hotel i look at my jacket i, I believe i got rid of that coat i don't believe it could dry clean or anything like that that was the spirit in which those two teams played credit to frank worrell credit credit to richie beno and credit to both the teams that they played that way so that was the time when they also had the famous tie in brisbane the scores are tied one wicket left paul bowling the seventh ball to climb it was in this brisbane test the first tight test that gary sobers played an unbelievable innings on the first day 132 slamming davidson mckiff and beno all over the place and it was also this test which saw alan davidson score 44 and 80 and also take 5 plus 6 11 wickets the first ever instance when a player scored more than 100 runs and taken 10 wickets in a test match mckiff is run out and the match has finished in a tie the first in test history and a fitting end to one of the greatest test matches of all so in this episode we began by sharing with you our deep lifelong interest with cricket taking you from early origins to the social context in which the game was played across multiple countries but as we finish this episode the mind goes back to 1947 when india gained independence and the way india began life as an independent nation let's end this episode by reading an excerpt from our book from mumbai to durban india's greatest test it was the beginning of a new era in indian history jawalal nehru's tryst with destiny speech was on everyone's lips in a couple of years 26 january 1950 to be precise india would declare itself a sovereign democratic republic with its own constitution a vision of justice liberty equality and fraternity enshrined as the core ideals of our nation for many years after our national anthem would be played or sung at every public function our cinema halls would reverberate with janagana mana at the end of every movie screening the largest democracy in the world held its first general elections in 1952 and every adult over the age of 21 had the right to exercise his or her franchise those early days were filled with hope brimming with the idealism of a young nation it was against this backdrop that free india played sports hockey very well and as world champions football unrecognizably better than what youngsters today can imagine cricket of course was a passion in our cities and with the middle class everyone would know when the commentary would begin because all india radio would commence proceedings with its beautiful signature tune in rag shivaranjini that interestingly composed by jekrif jewish refugee walter kaufman when he worked with all india radio make sure you check out the show notes where we share the show resources and acknowledgments and don't forget to subscribe or like our channel for future episodes on the next episode this is india's second victory in official test matches nari contractor was felled by a bumper from that uh, dubious bowler called 
रेडियो अजीम प्रेम जी यूनिवर्सिटी 